you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. You are not Prothean, but you are not machine either. This eventuality was one of many that was anticipated. This is why we sent our warning through the beacons. Looks like some kind of VI program. Pretty badly damaged. I do not sense the taint of indoctrination upon any of you. Unlike the other that passed recently, perhaps there is still hope. This is incredible. An actual Prothean VI, and I can understand it. I have been monitoring your communication since you arrived at this facility. I have translated my output into a format you will comprehend. My name is Vigil. You are safe here for the moment, but that is likely to change. Soon, nowhere will be safe. Hello, and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Selenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Hello from a different part of space this time. And this is episode number 17. And if all goes well, we should be finishing up tonight. Oh. Yeah, what are you boo? doing? Yeah, it's we're on to Mass Effect Two after this, man. Having fun. I don't want it all to end. Like I'm glad they have Mass Effect Two, but I'm like, ah, we just we have two close more games. To the end. We, we have, have a lot. We have like, two more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the this this all is like the appetizer. That's fair. This is like every time I get to close, I'm like, like I'm excited, but I'm also like, just still like I'm getting close to the end. No, you you can boo when we get to the end of Mass Effect Three, and then we're gonna be like, should we like do all do new playthroughs and just do it again? <laughs> Somebody requested Andromeda. I might be willing to do that only because I I never played Andromeda. I might actually dip back into it. I played it on PC and with a couple of mods. Um, the inventory system in that game is kind of annoying, but if you like mod max inventory to you know a hundred thousand, then it's pretty good. We'll see how we feel in a couple months. Yeah. No, not Shepard. Can, can the, the main character be an arms smuggler in that game, too? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. As we said, this is... We expect this should be the, uh, the final episode. We'll see how long it takes us to get through here. Or I should say the final episode for Mass Effect 1. Because, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not done yet. We gotta at least get through Mass Effect 3. So that said, where we left off last time was uh, Anderson punched Udina in the face, and we got to fly off the Citadel on our way to Ilos. So let's hear what happens when we get to Ilos. The Normandy takes the Moo Relay and stealthily makes their way past the Geth fleet to get to Ilos. Joker drops the Mako at a steep angle, almost dropping it right on top of Saren. Saren seals himself in a bunker leaving Shepard and crew to fight their way in. After hacking some armatures to turn the tide, Shepard discovers a Prothean console, and it reveals that the commander can understand Prothean. The message is a warning, but it is too damaged to hear in completion. Shepard and team return to the Mako and continue until stopped by force fields. They get out and find an ancient Prothean VI named Vigil, who explains that the conduit is a relay back to the Citadel, 
which itself is a giant mass relay to be used to summon the Reapers. The Keepers were supposed to activate it, but a handful of Prothean scientists were able to stop the Keepers from doing so. The Prothean scientists were the last of their species. They survived the prior Reaper invasion by hiding on Ilos. Now, Saren and Sovereign are heading to the Citadel to undo their work. Visual gives Shepard a file to control the Keepers and keep the Reapers locked out. Shepard and team board the Mako and race against the clock to take the conduit back to the Citadel. All right. So what did you guys think of the planet of Ilos? Bit decrepit. Yeah, I actually don't like Ilos. Like, um, I, I enjoy the end of this game, uh, but the Ilos always kind of feels like a slog to me. You know, you like land and then you got to walk around a lot. And yeah, it's like, like you said, Cora, it's kind of decrepit. It just looks crappy. Um, I don't know. And I didn't think that the fights were hard enough for like the final dungeon, if you will. I didn't think they were hard. They were more just annoying. Exactly. Like, okay, I just got to take out a bunch of these guys here. And I mean, then there's that one part where it's like you're, you're, you're running down the tunnel and like every so often you just have to stop and get out and shoot some stuff and then go back in and, and run down the tunnel again. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a very quick quick mission. It's like not as long as I remember it being when I played it again. But uh, yeah, like, it feels long though. Yeah, well, it's just the original area. Like, if you could make wrong turns and get yourself turned around because it's a big circle, right? And that can get frustrating. Like, oh, I'm back to where I've already started. Where am I supposed to go? Oh, over here, down this way. My bad. Yeah, and there's not like good um, visual you know, cues or whatever to to give you an idea of where you are. So I think that probably is also why it felt long to me. There's definitely a part where you need to open a door or something and the button for it is kind of tucked away, not in a place you would look. It's there's like a three or four different levels that you could be standing on and the game's like, yeah, it's right here, but it doesn't tell you what level it's on. And I feel like I spent five minutes too long looking for that stupid button. Well, I think there was one structure where, like, you had, like, two or three different entrances, and, like, depending on where you hit the door, like, you could get in a different way and, and work your way through. I mean, I, it did, I guess, a good job of looking like a place that, like, you know, like, a thousand years ago was a c- civilization, and now this is all ruins. Like, I mean, it it sold me on that. I just don't understand what I was looking at. Like, there were, like, bodies it looked like wheelchairs were those supposed to be the protheans because they don't look like they don't look like protheans right yeah there's Um, a reason for that too did you you can go ahead chip no go for it yeah i i think we've talked about this but yeah they like didn't have protheans designed at this point in the game if i'm not or like at this point in the series well they didn't they didn't have the story fleshed out they weren't sure what they were going to do with the protheans going forward the next few games and uh This is what originally our original look of the Protheans are going to look like. But also, apparently, these aren't Protheans. They're not Protheans? They're not Protheans, actually. What are they? They're actually, they, they changed it. It's actually a different race that's pre-Prothean. This is actually oh, a right. ruins that the Protheans found and repurposed, and they just left their, their like little uh, preserved corpses and statues. <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah. They retconned the <laughs> hell out of that. Like I got really on. retconned. That that's messed up. Like, oh, we're just gonna leave these old alien bodies around as right. 
architecture like would you not clean that up too yeah and they're weird looking they look uh yeah like like they're in like wheelchairs or little like hover chairs or something and they're just yeah i don't know yeah but apparently this is the race that's like the protheans are to the current species this is what their species was so there's like a prothean shepherd who like struggles to find the relay to Ilos and then gets to Ilos and then it's like, Oh, Hey, like here's the pre Prothean race here. And they secretly figured out that the Reapers were all bad, but they didn't do it in time and they got wiped out. And now you guys are also too late and you're getting wiped out right now. I mean, yeah. So that, that part, uh, we'll talk about more when we get to the crucible and mass effect three, but that's actually a pretty fair assessment. Yeah, but at the current time of the game when this is made, they were thinking this is what the Protheans are going to look like, but they weren't really. They're like, we need a Prothean design. Well, this works. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Ilos is okay. I do actually really enjoy uh, the... So after you find Vigil um, and and go on the cool drive. I, I do like that drive. Yes. Yeah, it's nice. It's like that that tell area, like, when you see those stars, like, what are these pod things? What is this mm-hmm. thing going around here? And then it was, I got real annoyed. I got blocked though. It's like, there's a force field. Like, really? We're getting stopped again? <laughs> Gotta talk to Vigil. Yeah. Well, like, when I originally played the game, not the current time for the writing, I knew we were going to talk to Vigil. So it's like, it wasn't nearly as bad. But the first time I played the game, I was like, really? Can we stop stopping? I don't want to get out of the Mako again. Just right. Just want to get past this. It is cool because in that part where the force fields are, uh, like the they play the title screen music, and like that always feels like whenever you get that where they're like in the game and they hit the title screen music on you at some point, you're like, this feels like oh, this is crucial, like right. this is yeah, this is meaningful that they're 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 pulling this out as sort of the background. So yeah, yeah, that got me excited. Yeah, so it, like once you finish the on foot part of Ilos, I actually really enjoy it. I just don't. I don't know. I don't like wandering around the ruins trying to find buttons to like open doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, so, but I, I kind of like Vigil though. Like his name's very on point for what he is, being the final torch of information for the Prothean scientists on this planet. Also, he's a VI, and Vigil starts with VI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there, there's, there's, some, there, there are some nice touches with him. And VI is very interesting. Oh. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But I thought this was an interesting conversation because apparently he did not stop Saren coming through. Because find out Saren's indoctrinated. It was obvious, but still. It's interesting that they like had the technology to detect that. I feel like that should come up more and it kind of doesn't like you would think that you would want to get that technology and start, you know, screening people or something. Yeah. I think the only reason they couldn't get it is like after this, they can't access vigil again. So he just stops working. Oh, yeah. This is his last bit of power to, cause we find like, here it's like they, they drained every bit of power from this facility until there's like none left just to keep the core people alive. And then also probably after that got done, probably like still like kept it at minimum power and he's just like running on gas fumes of reserve. You would think somebody could bring a battery. I don't know. Well, it is interesting to think that they were able to like have a handful of Protheans survive the Reaper onslaught. And admittedly, they didn't survive much longer after that. 
but at least, you know, at least it's like, oh, like the Reapers, they aren't as thorough as they think they are. And it's interesting that they do it on, they do it in these runes because it's possible the Reapers may just have no idea about Ilos. I guess, well, now they do because Saren was there. And so Saren's going to be like, yeah, Ilos is a place that you should probably like watch. Yeah. It's also nice how they, they, they get the message out what the beacon everything was. It was just their last ditch of, is anybody alive out there who could help? Okay. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, Vigil, Vigil, like this is like your last opportunity. Like, okay, here's where we're just going to dump all the information that we sat on for this whole game. Everything's going to fit together. The Citadel is a, is a giant mass relay. The, you know, like, like the Protheans, they kind of survived, but then they got, they, they, they didn't have the ability to sustain themselves here and now they're all gone. Um, yeah, they only had like, probably like 12 scientists, which I guess was not, was not enough for a stable population. But I'm like, well, these scientists are so smart, they could figure it out. I'm kidding, by the way. Well, even then, though, like, yeah, I mean, they needed. I guess the question is, how long, how long does the Reaper onslaught go for? Like, are they, they only need to be like in stasis for like a thousand years, a hundred years. Like, it seems like the Reapers come through and they take care of business pretty quickly and then they presumably go away again. But I mean, if they're around for like, you know, a hundred, you know, 10,000, 50,000 years or whatever, making sure everything's gone and then they leave. Yeah. Um, I think for like the, a lot of data, it was like, it was over the course of like centuries and millennia, like pretty sure it was mostly centuries where they were the, the. The initial onslaught of it wiping everybody else didn't take as that long. Killing everybody was not nearly as going through and just the basically cataloging their resources they now get to claim and absorbing everything they need to, repurposing everybody and then leaving and then leaving everybody else to die. So what you're saying is the Reapers basically come in, they kill everybody, they raid all their weapon lockers, take all the stuff and then go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're alluded to. We've never done this or seen anybody else do this. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> it's not why I'm rolling in the dough. So this is all just a big game about weapon smuggling. Kind of seems like it, the more we talk about yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else about, I guess, about Vigil, about Ilos? So, like, I, I mean, all the vigil stuff is really interesting, like the the conversation you have. And I mean, it's a huge lore drop, basically. But my my favorite thing about this level is actually uh, the very end of it when you're in the Mako and you see like all these dudes guarding the uh, I, I want to call it a portal, but the relay. Uh, and my first instinct was absolutely to like try and fight them in clear space. And that is not what the game wants you to do. No, you you just. Barrel that yeah. is one of the most like iconic sequences from the game. It like, is. I remember. Yeah. I mean, as 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 big as Vermeer is with all the, the the like the left hooks that you take, you know, just from playing through that. But like, I remember, you know, Mass Effect One. You get to Vermeer and you're just driving down that, you know, down that road. You've got the little timer there because you got to get to the, right. the 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 relay before the timer expires. And you're just barreling down there like, let's go. Let's do this. I know the Mako can bounce around. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody inside better be buckled up and have their helmets on. But And, uh, and I mean, you do that, like, hop, you know, on the ramp or whatever into the the relay. Uh, It's really cool. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, they definitely, like, shot their wad on the ending sequence of this game, and it shows. Oh, yeah. And did we talk about this? Like, I really was interested in how... 
this uh, like the you know the reapers supposed to be great planners and the thing they didn't plan for was the keepers they didn't think too much about like how like most stuff's supposed to develop down their own their own roads like they they make user technology they want you guys to evolve how you want them to but they forgot to keep their keepers in check so they started to keep evolving while they're running the citadel and then stop listening to the reapers and just listen to the citadel well, I mean, so that's what, right, so that's what you pick up in, in on Ilos is the the way to switch the Keepers, you know, off the Reaper signal. But I think they didn't expect that. I, like, the Keepers works up until their last, you know, they say they've repeated the cycle hundreds of times at least, right? And the Keepers kept working for, for a long, long run. So why would that change? Part of the problem, I think, is if you check in on them every 50,000 years, like, this was the 50,000 years where something went wrong. And right. So, you know, it's not like there's like a check keeper engine light that you could like go and, and pay attention to that. Like you're not going to know <laughs> until you try to come back. Yeah. And this is kind of a problem that I have with the Reapers is what are they doing? Like the game never explains this. I don't think, uh, or maybe it comes up in three and the Leviathan DLC that I need to do again. I, what are they doing out in dark space? Like, you're in the galaxy. You control it. Like, why? It's the why of this just never really makes a ton of sense to me. It, 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 uh, I can't go into why there actually is a, it doesn't make sense for Mass Effects 1 and 2, but the end of 3 does kind of explain why they do it. Okay. Yeah, there's I actually, think There's I think actually it does. a reason that's like, for what they're like, what you currently see, like if they're going to collect resources, why do they leave and just let they go yeah, there and go just, to a low? Just stay. Just stay. I mean, yeah, because they leave and they go into like a low power, like they basically like go into hibernate. But why? You're in a galaxy you own with, you know, hundreds of billions of stars. Like y'all could probably get plenty of energy off that. Um and you're right. They do explain it. Uh, I think I just never liked the explanation. And so I've, I've just like torched it from my brain. Well, there's a reason why the ending of three is hated. So it's like it's not the best reasoning, but there is a reason. Yeah. Okay. can't go into it, sadly. Okay. Well, regardless, um, busting onto the Citadel is awesome. Oh, heck yeah. It's so much fun to blast through there. It'd be like. When you see the when it comes out, you coming out of the statue relay in the Citadel. It's like, oh, yes. I yes, was wondering that if that so worked. Cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. One one last thing I want to go back to before we leave Ilos is the fact that it seems like the the Protheans were on the verge of figuring out the Reapers, but they were just a little too slow. Like we got there, we, like we put it all together, kind of using the Prothean knowledge, but also the fact, like you pointed out, like the Keepers weren't working this time and so that gave us that bought us a little extra time because otherwise they should they would have just been able to show up you know like and, and taken over with without any real pr problem there so we were lucky there but it i wonder if there's not some sort of iterative process at work like the keepers were probably like or the protheans rather they get to ilos and they're like oh hey the race that was here before us and they died they were just on the cusp of figuring it out but they were a little too slow and it's like subsequently each generation as you know, like getting a little bit further each time, and maybe it's just that the the Reaper methodology of like wait fifty thousand years and harvest, like it has a life cycle, like it has a, it has a limit. You can only do that so many times before the the, the cycles has to get broken. It can't go on in perpetuity forever. 
Once again, Mass Effect 3 will go into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. All right, so anyway, let's yeah, let, let's hear about what happens on the Citadel, and then yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about... This uh, is more of the annoying things, where like some parts I don't want to say too much, because it's very spoilery for the end of the game, because I know no, yeah, man, why yeah, that let, is. Let's save that, let's save that. But let's hear about, uh, let's hear about getting to the Citadel. Sovereign is leading the Geth invasion of the Citadel when the Mako bursts forth from the mass relay monument on the Presidium, conveniently just outside Citadel Tower. Shepard and company fight through some husks and head into the tower. While Shepard rides the elevator, Saren is approaching the council chambers, killing reapers along the way. The Citadel arms start to shut, but they are too late as Sovereign slips inside and docks himself on the tower. Shepard's elevator stops mid-transit, and the squad must step out and climb the tower on foot. Fighting through waves of Geth, Krogan, and a few dropships, Shepard makes it to Council Chambers. Saren pops up on a hoverboard and the two Spectres discuss the situation. Shepard can either convince Saren that he's lost and Saren will kill himself, or Shepard and team can fight him and kill the rogue Spectre themselves. Saren falls from his board and is impaled on some glass. Shepard uploads Vigil's file to the console to retake control of the Citadel. A radio joker and see that the Destiny Ascension, which has the Council on board, is under heavy fire. Shepard must decide whether to direct the fleet to maintain the assault on Sovereign or divert attention to protect the Council. Shepard and his teammates head down into the garden where Saren fell to confirm he is dead. They shoot him, but the corpse rises and morphs into a Geth-like being. It calls itself Sovereign and engages Shepard in combat. Once Shepard defeats the Reaper Avatar, Sovereign's shields drop, and Hackett orders Joker to take it out. The Normandy gets the kill shot, and Sovereign explodes. Some debris lands in Council Chambers, but everyone survives. Later, Shepard meets with Anderson and Udina to discuss what happened. Humanity has been granted a seat on the Council, and Shepard can choose whether Udina or Anderson should be the Counselor. If Shepard is renegade and chose not to save the Destiny Ascension, an all-human council will replace the previous council. Shepard's choice gives us a rousing speech about defeating the Reaper threat, and the M4 Part 2 by Fonts takes us into the credits. All right, and that's that's the game there. So let's 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 go ahead. Let let let's walk through it here a little bit. So we we get to the Citadel, and everything's on fire. Everything's burning. Now, last time we talked about Anderson possibly being in a C-sec cell, but obviously he. he in all the chaos, they would have had to let him out at this point because he's too valuable with a handgun at the very least. Yeah, and like this, this these sequences in here is so cool. It's real cool watching them like so- like a sovereign and the gaff trying like attack the citadel and everything else, and see them just trying to like, oh shit, let's close up over here, no problem. I'm like those doors really should close faster. Really should close right. faster. Well, you guys are screwed. <laughs> right. I mean, just like just going through like the busted up, uh, you know, Presidium Tower, like all that whole sequence is just great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then getting outside the Presidium Tower right. and then, like scaling it that way, which is just. It's so I mean, awesome. They play, they, they play with your your sense of direction there because now you're just walking up the tower and then there's all these little spots where you kind of have to pick off the geth and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's 
It's fantastic. Yeah, I occasionally forget I'm walking up a tower. I'm like, oh, I look over around me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. going up, not straight. This is a bit different. And it's just one of those things. I guess like, I think we're on an elevator. We just break through it. And like, don't worry, guys. We have these standard issue magnetic booths. Everything's great. Yeah, uh, apparently that works, which is cool. I mean, I'm glad it works because it, I don't know. It, it's it's just, again, like the sequence, like once you get in the Mako and start driving on Ilos, like the game, the tempo feels really, really good. The pacing is really yes. good. Like the level design is good. Um, yeah, they really, you know, I, I have my issues with some of the copy paste side quest stuff in this game, but like the main areas, uh, they really do have great design. I didn't realize on my very first playthrough that like Ilos would send me back to the Citadel for like Endgame. Like I thought, like okay, we'll go to Ilos and then you know we'll we'll see where we're gonna go from there. Like I, I was not ready for this to end, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you you do that 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 trench run basically, and then you wind up back on on the Citadel and everything's burning, and you're like, okay, like I guess I guess we're here. I guess this is happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you can, like, after you finish the game, you can crack open your file and go do side quests still if you want. Oh, good. Well, you have to be able to because some of the DLC, like Bring Down the Sky, that came right. out after Yep, after the game. And wasn't, wasn't there, like, a casino DLC, or am I forgetting that? No, that was, there was just the, um, the only two DLCs were Bring Down the Sky and... Uh, Pinnacle Station. Thank you. Yes, Pinnacle yeah. Station. I think there was something similar. It is like a Mass Effect 3 DLC. But yeah, but that's... There's so much... Yeah, there's... There, I mean, there's so much in this game. And then... And then you get up to the... the you get into the, the Presidium Tower. And of course, like... You know, like the, the, the... I guess it's the second to last fight. But your your fight against Saren Part 1 is where the council always is. Right. And so it's nice that they let you have a, like, because, I mean, even then, when you get into that room, like, you're kind of looking like, there are some sight lines here. Mm -hmm. Like, this 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 is laid out, this isn't just laid out like a standard, uh, you know, like, like a standard, uh, like, like official space. Like, there's, this is intended for combat at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, there's cover, there's there's cover zones and, and everything. So it's it, it's good that you know at the end of the game is when you finally get that to to come through and you get to see like oh okay this is what they meant yeah when you're, like yeah and your squad mm -hmm. oh, go ahead no your squad talks about it too if you bring them up to the presidium like different people will remark on like oh this is a fortifiable position and oh this is where I would put snipers up here so uh, interestingly you don't have to fight so uh, Saren slash Sovereign uh, in the Citadel chambers at all. Like the first half of that fight is is very skippable. Really? Yeah. Uh, not for you because you didn't have enough uh, charm <laughs> oh, or intimidate. But if you, I didn't realize you, there was a, a previous fight there. Yeah, there is. So if you don't, you probably did the same thing where you you told him uh, in the charm manner, like, "Hey, it doesn't have to be like this." And he put a gun to his head. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. He, now that you mentioned that, I have I have seen that playthrough on prior playthroughs but yeah this one no this one yeah he's he's floating around on his little, his little like goblin glider yeah and, his, his, uh, yep i don't like this fight so i don't like boss fights in shooters generally um in particularly in first person like all of the um bioshock boss fights always stand out to me as egregiously bad for example um 
And this one is also bad, especially like the second half of the fight. I, I hate it so much. God, my, my teammates died so much in the second half of the fight. I'm like, oh, can yeah. you guys stop dying? I, I just left them dead and gave up because it, it, there was like no point. Mm-hmm. I, I do like uh, this note we have in the notes here, Nick, though. Enter Castle Chambers. All Bernie now. <laughs> <laughs> it is all Bernie. It's on fire. It's very Bernie. It should stay that way. Yes. The other thing I did like, too, is that Avina is all buggy. Super glitchy. Kind of yeah. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But you, go, you go to talk to her, and she's just all, yeah, like, like not Look, fully there. Yeah, super glitched out. Which, again, a VI with v, VI in the name. Mm-hmm. Just like Vigil. Hmm. Is that, is that how we do it? We name... Oh, wait, we do. Damn it. They do put VI in most of the freaking AI. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think they do, the yeah. Things, they all have to be. You know, I never noticed that, that before. That's funny. They're, they're going to run out of names because, I mean, how many names can you have VI in? But I don't know. Ask Digimon. They have tons <laughs> of, of monsters with the Mon in the name, so. That is true. That is true. There. Anyways. So, anyway. I, I yeah, did like and- a. One more note here before we move on to the f- actual fight. I noticed you said you saw some uh the damage to the tower has some black under under material that looks like Reaper colors. I didn't notice that, but uh Oh, that's interesting. That could be there. That could have actually been like hits that I feel like actually taken the material off, or I guess the keepers might have kept people from looking underneath of it so that they could tell that there was like something weird about the bits the machinery under there. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we, you know, at this point, we've come to learn that the Citadel is all, you know, made by Reapers. The mass relays are made by the Reapers. And so it makes sense that, that you know, like, like basically, like, you know, you take off that nice, shiny exterior and you get, like, you know, the Reaper underbelly of things. Yeah, it's kind of surprising, like, I guess, but interesting if the Citadel Tower actually was a Reaper. Yeah, that would be. I mean, the whole Citadel is like Reaper tech. It's built it's by the Reapers. So that, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Which, again, is interesting. Why isn't the Citadel like indoctrinating people? Yeah. Well, I guess the, the problem is that if you want, I guess the whole point of their strategy is that you kind of let, let everything grow for 50,000 years and then you harvest. And so like you don't want to be indoctrinating them during that 50,000 years. You kind of need to let, let yeah. them grow on their own. Fair. Like, okay. like, like, like cooking steps, you know, you have to have something similar for this amount of time. Add this ingredient here at this time. If you do it too early, it just doesn't come out right. Right. That's fair. I mean, maybe it's more like cheese. Like you got to let it like the mold kind of. Or wine. <laughs> grow. Yeah. Sure, yeah. You know, let, let it ferment. Yeah. That's all. The Reapers are just chefs, misunderstood chefs. <laughs> okay, all right. Space chefs, and we are just the, the food. It's more accurate. I would play that, over, that overcooked level. That would be very fun. <laughs> God, they, they that would be great, an overcooked Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the things that Saren mentions is that, and, and this is one of those things that was like, it's been obvious since his very first cutscene when we're on Eden Prime, is that he mentions that he's been upgraded by Sovereign. And he talks about it being a symbiotic relationship. But but even then, I remember we were talking about how during his trial, that he's standing there with a hologram of him, and you can see, like, he does not look right. Right. Like, he's got metal parts and, like, a tube sticking out from him and stuff. And so it makes sense that he's mentioning, oh, yeah, I've been upgraded by this. 
Upgraded and, quotations. Right. And it, it's like, it's nice that he's finally acknowledged that, but like, yeah, like, I guess it would have been nice if maybe they had different models of Saren, Saren as we go along here so that we could see like, like his descent. You know, like he, he looked, yeah, he looked more like a specter at the beginning and he wasn't so, oh no, like you're definitely, you, you've definitely been taken over by some kind of alien technology yeah. that is possessive. I, well, in, in his final form, does he look a little more just sort of like glowy and blue or is that just me? He is. He's very much more glowy and blue. Okay. But also, I think it's hard to tell about his transformation, anyways, because for as much as he's been the been like the big bad for most of the game, you didn't actually see Saren very much. No, that's a really only, good point. Really inter- yeah, we only interact with him. Well, we see we see him in the holovid or in the hologram and at the council meeting. Then we see him on Vermeer, and then here, like that's the only three times we actually encounter Saren. Yeah. And I'm being generous in counting the council meeting as an encounter. Yeah, because it's you. Like- you- you're always chasing him, you, you, and you see him very briefly at the beginning when he shoots Nihilus, too, but yeah, it's, it's, you're always kind of chasing him, you never see the dude. Yeah, just Go a very shadowy, just a very shadowy figure, which is like, I think what kind of makes him, like, not too bad is the way they use him. They don't use him very much, but when they do, he's impactful. Yes. Yeah, he's not like in your face all the time taunting you or anything. Like he's out there. He's 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 doing his own thing and you're like you said, you're chasing him. You're you're trying to catch up to him and that's you're that's like the challenge in its own right. The inspector gadget to his Dr. Claw. <laughs> you never see you never see Dr. Claw, but Oh, you do see him on a, on a on a toy. That's terrible, so don't ever look for that toy. But I do I do also find it interesting that he mentions that Sovereign is noticed Shepherd. And that Shepard will be spared to be just like Saren. Right. I, th- I mean, that's like his, his final card he's trying to play to not fight with you, I feel like. Is, is hey, join us. You know, join the dark side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, why does join the dark side involve becoming part machine? Or cutting off parts of my body parts, you know? It just seems like a bad idea. I don't like this deal. But you could get a cool robot hand. Gosh, fair. I didn't think about that. Cool robot hand. Yeah, yeah. But can I get a cool robot butt? No. Uh, a no. Ro- because a robot? We, robot. Because we see <laughs> a robot, yes. No, we see, we see what happens to Saren, and, and we, we find out just how terrible this whole deal is. Because they do a very good job that, you know, after, after well, I guess, okay, in, in, in your playthrough when Saren, you know, shoots himself in the head, and in my playthrough when I had to kill Saren, he falls down through the Presidium, down, th- down through the glass, he's impaled on the glass, and then, so he's bleeding out, and it's, it's black and glowy, glowy blue blood, and, and then at this point, there's a decision, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to in a moment here, because this is, this is when you have your, your council decision, um, but... So not only is he bleeding out, then you send down your two crew members to make sure that he's dead. They shoot his corpse. Like a lot. They, they confirm. Yeah. They, yes. Yes. And it's like, dude, like, I'm going to need that ammo in a minute. Don't be wasting it. Well, and so the- it's one of the weird times where I'm like, that's a good idea. I'm glad you guys realize. Check the body. Make sure it's dead. <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. But it's all for naught. Because then he gets up and then he like, he morphs. And that's what he turns. I guess he's like fully robot with a like a whatever little f- flesh skin Saren has left. And now this is supposed to be like sovereign 
its form. This is your fight against Sovereign. Yeah, it's it's really a nice hint of like uh, the enemies you'll face going forward and how that much is true, like, yeah. what what the what the Reapers are doing with the infusing things with technology. Like the husks yeah. are just the start. But it also reminds I, me a little bit of like uh, Dead Spaces, like Necromorphs a little bit with how they like freaking morph off most of the flesh and just repurpose it to like, this is what's valuable. The rest of us just can just go away. Yeah, I, I, I know we mentioned this already, but boy, am I excited for that remake. Um, Same. But yeah, I, I also I'm really glad that this enemy type that they have, because they have Geth that do the same thing where they hop around a lot. Um, yes, I'm really glad that this enemy type does not reappear in subsequent games because it's again, I, I mentioned this earlier. I just hate this fight. Oh, it's oh, it's annoying because it, yeah, it's like as soon as you get a beat on him, he moves. Right. And right. so you've kind of got to shoot where you think he might be, which is never where he is. And right. Yeah. And, and you oh, what, have to move constantly because he's shooting crap at you that is quite powerful. And so you've really right. just got to be like constantly on the move. So it makes aiming in a game that is not a particularly great shooter to begin with it's just it's really unpleasant yeah and if you don't pay attention those things are like sometimes one shots just because like yep like even no matter how high you are upgraded it's like and ow can you stop that yeah the problem too is that then you have the geth showing up and there's like a geth with a rocket launcher at one point and so you got to make sure you take out that geth because otherwise it's gonna blow it's gonna start blowing everybody up right yeah no i i I I played through the uh through that final fight six times because I wanted to see all the different combinations at the end with the council decision and then also uh the uh ambassador decision. So I was like, oh I have a save right before I saved right after I kill Saren, but right before uh right before the council decision. So I was like, okay, let me let me make that decision and then I, then you have to play through this fight and then you get to make the, the counselor decision. And so I had to do that. Six. It took me. I think there were like two times when I, I screwed up. So it was like eight total over oh like two God. hours. I did this. Did you that drop the like combat difficulty? I was playing on easy. Okay. Still, like it was. Yeah. It's tedious. By the end of it, I was like, you know, what? I'm glad I'm done with this game. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. It's... So let's let's talk about endings. What would y'all do? Well, let's yeah. Let's go back. So so you get the so, yeah. So after you after Saren dies. And he falls through the glass and he's bleeding out. That's when you get the council decision. So, yeah. So how did we handle the council? I'm, I'm guessing, Chip, you told the council to go die in a fire. I kept them alive. What? I know. I don't know. I don't know. I always. Wait, like, wait, what? I know. I know. Well, you know, it wasn't. Hmm. I just really don't like Udina is, is honestly what this is about, because Udina gets like a huge power grab if you let the council die. And I just really hate that dude. Uh, and so yeah, I kept them alive. Wow! I yeah. think you also get more galactic readiness in three if you keep them alive. Oh, good. That's fair. It makes Which, sense. You know, above any other optimization, that is what I'm optimizing my whole playthrough for: is galactic readiness, not for any good reason, but just because. Yeah, I, I will say I also chose to save the council. That's that's what I saved when I originally played the game because, like, when I got there, I'm like, all right, save council. Let them die. Let he may take control. I'm like, mm, I still believe in some checks and balances, and I kind of feel like if I save the council, they owe me one now, and they'll be a little bit more willing to work with me if I let them live. But uh, right, and that was kind of my thought too. Is I I did play the game 
mean and and nasty to people, but I very explicitly didn't want to be a space racist. So <laughs> all of the choices that I had, like in different side quests and things like that, like when you talk to the terra firma guy, I was like, no, I'm I'm not on board with you or um your buddies from the the 10th Street Reds or whatever, again, not into alien genocide. So I felt like it would be incongruous with my character to then be like, ah, kill the council, let humanity take over. Because that, that's not, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't hold those beliefs. What did you do? What did you think, Nick? What are your thoughts on? Well, I chose to save the council. I can't believe we went three for three on saving the council. Oops. That's, that's funny. Oh, and that God. has big repercussions for the rest of the game. <laughs> it does. Uh, there was the one conversation that I had with them, and I think it's after, I think it's after Vermeyer where you talk to them, but before you actually get in, uh, and basically like the, the Asari representative is like, we get it. You believe in the Reapers, you're a specter, you go chase them. We can't, we can't be as involved in you. We have our own role to play. And that's what's preventing us from buying in. Um, yeah. yeah then, then they turn around and they're, they're completely, uh, you know, then they're, they're completely, uh, rude to you when they, oh, yeah. they let Eudina strip the Normandy away. But like it's like there there was a moment of understanding there where it's like okay like we made you a specter you chase this down you get this you take care of this you figure it out and I'm like okay like at that point like where she leveled with me I'm like okay you know what you guys are worth saving in the end of this here I'll 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 get your back in this scenario here yeah but can we also see like how hyped was that freaking once you once you make that decision it quickly goes over and you just see all the like alliance ships just like all right we're going to save the ascension. They just like warp in there, things, ships exploding, yeah. just like it's so awesome to watch. Well, it is more fun, uh, uh, you know, again, since I did play through all the endings, so I got to see this three times. Uh, it is more fun to choose to let the council die because then you get that really fun cinematic of the crew on the ascension. Commander, we're picking up reinforcements. It's the Alliance. Open a comm channel. This is the ascension. We're taking heavy damage. Guardian defenses are over. Kinetic barriers are offline. Commander, they closed the channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just, I just like, 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 oh my god, humanity's here to save us! Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? What? Yeah, the 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 the, the sounds cutting out or whatever. Mm -hmm. the, the radio's cutting out. They're like, what? What? And then it's just like, oh no, 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 no. And yeah. you, you see the look of the one Asari's face. Yeah, no, no, I, no. It, it is. It is a good. It is a good ending. I do like like when they they try and call the Normandy and Joker just like I'm gonna turn the phone off. Sorry. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> gotta love this game series. <laughs> but even then, uh, was it when uh, Hackett tells them to like hit them with all they've got, and then Nor the Normandy, of course, gets the kill shot on Sovereign. Yeah. That's kill steal, kill steal, kill steal. <laughs> but it's so. Accident. Who who did you who did y'all pick for the? So we all picked the same ending. We all get a new human ambassador. Who did you pick? What do you think? 
It's a guy. Yeah, it's okay. for me. It's always Anderson. Anderson's my only ambassador. The only time that he was not the ambassador is when I lost my saves and had to start fresh. And they like I had to listen to Udina. That was a really annoying Mass Effect two. And I'm like, shut up, Udina, go away. <laughs> Nick, how about you? No, uh, of course I went Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Udina, I have, like, left Udina in before. I think because it is, like, the default choice also. Um, but, boy, I just hate that dude. Just hate him. I mean, I like to push him off a tall building or something, you know. Well, hmm, maybe that'll know, come up. Yeah, I know a Paragon playthrough, but it's like, hmm, let's do this Renegade option just this one time. Right. The one, well, the the, the one thing that's funny, because as I said, I played the ending six times to kind of see all the different permutations. And the one thing that's funny is that regardless of whether you pick Anderson or Udina, whoever you pick gives the exact same speech at the end. Like word for word. Oh, do they? I didn't actually pick up that. Yeah, that is weird. Because like when Anderson does it, it sounds like an Anderson speech would be. When Udina right. does it, it's like, what? Where did this did you, come from? Did you steal Udina's homework? Are you Anderson's homework? No, not, not nobody chose the I don't care option because you do get to be like, yeah, I'm not making a decision on the ambassador. I almost or, did. Or the counselor. I almost did. Um, like, yeah, whatever. Which I guess, yeah, I think if you say you, you don't care, then it ends up being Anderson. Yes. Really? Well, no, actually, no. If you choose. No, you're right. Well, yeah, because if you choose, uh, that's not for me to decide or I don't care, then either of those options, Anderson gives the, uh, gives the speech. Yeah. Although I think what actually happens is Anderson gives the speech, but they flip that in Mass Effect 2 so that Udina is the counselor. So like, unless you explicitly chose Anderson, then Udina ends up, which, like, well, th- makes sense from, like, a lore perspective. Like, it probably would make a lot more sense for it to be Udina. I just, just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like from other people's odds who don't get to deal with Udina on a regular basis, probably like, well, he's got the experience of a politician and ambassador. Yeah, why not put him as the first, the first one? He's done it before, right? Like, like you said before, like the Anderson speech there at the end. It's an Anderson speech, and like even if you have Udina giving it, it's still an Anderson speech, and so it makes sense for Anderson in you know if, if it's a tie for Anderson to give that speech there. But yeah, you know Udina. Being the one with the power should remain in power if, if Shepard's not going to put his thumb on it either way. Right. And I think this was, again, a place where, as they went further in the story, they realized that they had a specific part they wanted Udina to play. Whereas, I think, kind of at the end of this game, they were thinking, hey, you could just get rid of this guy if, if you don't like him. And they gave you a lot of reason to not like him. Oh, yeah. Just sadly not with a, with a bullet. <laughs> Him and Karth are hanging out in some universe somewhere. They're both alive and unable to be killed. Right, right. (laughs) At least Udina's not in my party. That would be an annoying party member. Ugh. What the the hell are you doing, Shepard? Yeah. Bring bring him the Vermeer. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Have him disarm. Have him set the boss. (laughs) Yeah, so, so other than... Other than the cutscene of the Ascension, whether it gets blown up or, or whether, uh, whether you know, Sovereign starts taking out the Alliance fleet, uh, you still get most of the same cutscenes at the end. Uh, like, there's a cutscene uh, with Sovereign uh, shooting some ships that happens when Saren's down at half, half health. 
uh, when you defeat Saren, you get the same cutscene of him falling in and, and, uh, and Sovereign, I think, shooting some stuff. Um, and then, yeah, it's not really until then at the end, it's just a matter of who who you pick to give that speech. And then either way, Shepard like walks away like, you know, I'll be there to fight the Reapers. And then Shepard walks away and then you get right. Anderson or Udina and they pound their fist at the end. And then, it, you know, then it goes into that rock song, which I forgot. The rock song caught me off guard. Yeah. The, it, the metal. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a weird ending. Um, yeah. Like the music, because it doesn't it doesn't fit with the vibe of the rest of the game, like the soundtrack. Although I will say it gave me like big uh, sort of like doom or, or quake uh, vibes. Like it had that, that same vibe to it that I really enjoyed. It would have been fun to have it show up somewhere else in the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that it could, it would, it would feel like a callback or, or a tie in or something. Cause yeah, it just kind of comes out of left field. Like you hear these guitar notes and you're like, like I haven't heard guitar. I mean, it's all like heavy synth. It's really. super synth. Yeah. Yeah. And then they yeah, bust like out the this, bulk like, of the game. Right. And then they bust out this rock track, which is, it's a good track, but it is like, yes, very incongruous. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not saying like, it's a bad song. No, it's, it's a perfectly fine song. It's just, it, it just feels out of place there. Just a little bit. Yeah. Like it's like karaoke night on the Normandy as a like for the right. victory party, right? Yeah, um, and there's there's something like, and we haven't really talked about it too much, but the music in this game is is excellent throughout. Yes, um, it just like the mood that it sets the it's all very understated. I feel like um, it just it's just great from end to end. No. I, it, I think overall, I mean, I guess let's take a moment now that we finished talking about the game. Let's take a moment to look back on it. But overall, I think it's a, I mean, obviously it's a strong game. I mean, I think we, we said this going in like this, you know, if, if this isn't a strong game, there's no Mass Effect 2, there's right. no Mass Effect 3, there's no Legendary Edition. We're not here talking about this. Um, you know, it, it's a, a strong entry from Bioware, uh, you know, that they, you know, c- coming off of, uh, with Jade Empire was before this, right? Yeah. Because they did... Uh, yeah, they did the Knights of the Old Republic, then they did Jade Empire, and then they did this. Um, yeah, uh, and it, Dragon Age, like, I think Dragon Age came out after this game. Yeah, because there's, so. there's a Mass Effect joke in Dragon Age. Right. Right. And I will say, like, of those two, like, Mass Effect and Dragon Age Origins, I think Origins is the stronger game. Mm. Uh, yes. Probably. Well, I, I, it's debatable. just my personal opinion. Okay. Well, well. I, I just close. I really liked Origins. It's it's close. I just felt like Origins was a little bit more um, cohesive, and uh, there didn't f- feel like there was as much sort of copied content in Origins. And I, I think that is no, always something I come back to with this game that really I guess gets it's me. there. You 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 can there. you can tell like some some of the like like they have like like three battlefields and yeah. you're always entering from a different area and it, you know they they put different things on them to kind of cover it up but you can kind of tell like oh no this is the same terrain that I'm fighting on it's just a different angle now. Um, maybe no, but it, uh, you know I just like the feel of that better maybe I just really like Morgan and Liliana I I don't know yes. you know I, I I mean and I really like the squad members in in this game too I just for me and it's also here's the weird thing I've never replayed Dragon Age and I've replayed Mass Effects you know probably double digits of times at this point like probably 10 to 12 times mm-hmm. so you know maybe I'm I'm talking out my butt here I I, I don't know 
Oh, like what was the Paragon Renegade system in Dragon Age? Like, what was what were the two dichotomies there? Was there one? I, I forgot. I don't think there was. I'm pretty one. sure there was one. Wasn't there one where you could choose like good or bad? I, I, I don't know. I feel like because I, I know I played Dragon Age twice. Like, you know, and I, I think I played one where it's like okay, I was the good person, and one where I was the the bad person. I mean, they they. And I, I think we'll see this, especially when we get into Mass Effect 2. As Bioware progresses, their mechanics for the relationships that you form with your party get so much more complex. And, yes. and especially even even just comparing from Mass Effect to Dragon Age, which only came out like a year apart. Like they were very, very close together at that time. Yeah. Um, I think it was two we, years on Dragon Age from uh, Mass Effect. Was it two years? Okay. This came out 2009, 2007 okay. for Mass Effect. Okay. Uh, like there, the, like there was a playthrough there where I was trying to unlock one of the subclasses, and in doing that, Liliana left my party. Yes, yes. And I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "I did not expect that," because I was actually trying to romance her for that playthrough, and all of a sudden she's gone, and I'm like, "Well, that stinks." Yes, I'm stuck with Morrigan. Um, right. I I think Dragon Age doesn't have like a straight up and down Paragon Renegade system, but it it has a morality system, and and the choices you make obviously like impact. Uh, what your other party members think of you. Because you can definitely also, like, drive Morgan away if you are, like, real chummy with Alistair and real real nasty to her um, and and don't trust her, which is kind of a viable choice set of choices you can make yeah. in those games. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that was a place where they, in Dragon Age, looked at Mass Effect and said, we're not going to do just, like, up and down, like, you're a good guy or you're a bad guy, but more the choices you make are going to impact people. Like, Choosing to align yourself with the church is obviously going to put off Morrigan, um, but make Liliana happy and and things of that nature. Right, and I think that's what they did is that they, it they they made it so that like it's not like oh because again I think this kind of goes back to like the Star Wars game where it's like okay like if I'm a Jedi I'm uplifting everybody I'm following the code and I'm I'm bringing everybody with me and even like the the kind of scoundrelly characters they're going to kind of come over and be like you know what I'm going to be inspired by you being so good and when I, if I'm down and I'm a, if I'm going to be a renegade then I'm going to pull everybody down and kind of encourage their worst selves whereas for Dragon Age it's like whichever choice you choose there are several things like well this character is going to like it this one's not right and you can't you can try to walk that middle line where you keep everybody vaguely happy but I mean, at some point, you, you're going to make some decisions that are going to alienate certain characters in your party, and that are going to, you know, you know, the others are are going to enjoy. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a different sort of, uh, you know, and a, a much more nuanced, right? Uh, you know, relationship system that they have, and whatever yes, you do, crap all over Solus. <laughs> Solus. I'm mostly just a just cared about Morgana. That everything else, you know, uh, I can. Everybody else can just uh, go away. Fair. Fair. I really like Liliana. She's great. Yes. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so yeah, so I mean, I like I, Mass Effect is a good game. Obviously, um, I it's so hard because we're going to talk about this next episode. It's it's hard because Mass Effect Two is just so much better um, that I think it makes Mass Effect look worse in comparison, and and it's it's a little bit unfair, you know. It's it's kind of like if you play Super Mario Brothers and you play Super Mario Brothers Three, like. The original Super Mario Brothers, in comparison, kind of sucked. Yeah, it doesn't hold a candle to it, right? And it's well, and it's it, it and it's it's the, and the problem too is like if you you think about the original Super Mario Brothers in context at the time, 
Like that game was mind blowing. Groundbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and so was Mass yeah. Effect. But it's, you know, yes. three, four years later, here comes Super Mario Brothers 3 or, you know, here comes Mass Effect 2. And you, you look at that original game and you just say, what the hell? What was this? That's fair. Uh, and I, I think I, that's that I, groundbreaking leap. Yeah. Sorry. I'll say like, I know I had the same feeling because as soon as I beat this game, I started my first playthrough of Mass Effect 2 and I'm like, oh God, this feels great. I forgot how good this felt. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, on its own, like I would recommend people play the whole trilogy. You know, I, I think there's some people out there who say, eh, just do the comics, get Mass Effect 1. And I, I get it, but I, I think, first of all, this game relatively speaking, isn't that long. Like, one of the reasons I haven't gone back to replay uh, Dragon Age Origins is that's a 100-hour game. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. the Mass Effect, like the original, you can you can do everything in, I think, probably under 40 hours if you know where things are and know what to do. Yeah, I It's a yeah. much shorter game. Much I don't shorter. even think I broke 40 hours on my playthrough. I'd have to check. Um, but yeah, and and that includes all the time that I was sitting there with the timer running while I was taking notes. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know what my playtime was. Um, there's a cool bug on the Xbox. It's sort of a bug when you quick resume games. They don't know that you stopped playing them while they were sitting idle. And so like my oh. all of my saves have just like rolled over into hundreds of hours. And then sometimes it'll say like two hours near the end of a playthrough of a game or something. So uh, this is a problem with a lot of games, uh, and I, I don't really care because Quick Resume is great, but I have no idea what my playtimes in games are anymore. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Try not, I try not to check my playtimes because it gets kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Go, man, I could have worked several weeks of work. I I was talking to somebody and they were saying, yeah, I get about three to four hours of gaming. And I was like, in my brain, I'm like, yeah, a night, that sounds right. And they were like, <laughs> a week. And I was like, oh. Ooh. Oh. It's... Yeah, I'm, I'm much more familiar with that now. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. I get that. I'm double checking what my playthrough is real quick. And now... I need to now I need to buy legendary for PC because I did get my hands on a good video card and I would like to see what it's like if you kind of, you know, max it out, go all out on like an ultra wide. I I wanted to reinstall the original one so I could like compare the two because I mean it it I have 3 installed on here and it, it looks it looks basically like 3 does like they brought one up to the level of 3. I don't right. know if they did I don't know how much work they did for three to improve it. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see how it used to look. Cause I mean, I remember everything looking pretty much the same, but like, I know the only thing was that like, I know when I brought my one character from, from one over, like he looked weird, like the, the facial options there. Oh yeah. Like they, they did, they did some improvement on the character creation and therefore the way the characters used to look, they, they looked a little bit, uh, a bit rough. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I will say that the going before it's a little spoiler for Mass Effect 2, the character creator transfer option does not work very well at all. No, not historically. Few... I think they fixed it in Legendary. So the oh creator, no, like oh no, no, no. oh no. there's a few. My shepherd yeah. looks a little different in two. Yeah, it's huh. kind of annoying. So like I transferred mine over. Oh, it's man. like why did my hand my uh like my shepherd just became a goblin out of nowhere? 
<laughs> I always use the default appearance. I don't know if I've ever character customized a shepherd. No. I, I don't know why. Right. I don't like character customizers. I, I want I a professional to make my characters for me. Yeah, I spend way too much designing characters. Just look at all my um, uh, my characters in FF14, my little uh, attendants. I, I spend way too much time designing them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. you can fall down that rabbit hole. What was weird is uh, I was watching a video. I think uh, one of the people in the Discord put up for, uh, I think it was talking about Tally. And, uh, and unfortunately, I don't remember who put this up in the Discord. But uh, I was watching the video. And my shepherd looks like exactly like the shepherd in that video. I'm like, how did you make my shepherd? Oh, weird. <laughs> well, with how I many mean, choices they give you, it's not too hard. It's a finite set of choices, yeah. Yeah, Mass Effect 1, good game. Do we want to give it a rating? Is this like a thing? Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, that, that, was, that was crazy. Uh, crazy1813 put the video for Tally's mission in, uh, in the Discord. And yeah, that, that, their shepherd looked a lot like mine. I was, I was disturbed. <laughs> Rude. But uh, if you want to give me a... Yeah, but I guess, yeah, if, if, as you say, yeah, if we want to give it a num- number rating... Um, I mean, using the video game reviewing standard of anything, you know, below a seven is catastrophic. I would say this is a solid eight out of 10 game. That seems low. Well, I think it's an eight out of 10. I was going to give it like a 9.5. Wow. No, no. Maybe a nine. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a, it's a solid, it's a solid nine for me. Like, well, I think my actually probably is close to eight. It's like nine if originally, but if considering it's a legend, probably legendary of Mass Effect two and three. It's an eight. If like if this is the only thing I'm playing, it'll be a nine. If I don't have any other bases, yeah, yeah. Because like a lot of the problems, like Mass Effect One, can be kind of annoying to go through after you played two and three. If you don't have those to play, it's great. It was. I mean, even when I originally played it, there were parts of it. Like I mean, the and and actually in Legendary they improved this, so maybe I would bump it to a nine. But like the combat's pretty bad, frankly. Um. It's just not very fluid, I don't think. I, I think it's a lot better in in uh, Legendary, but certainly like the original the combat, it's pretty janky, honestly. Yeah, but my problem with the rating this is I'm not very biased this game. I love the series and played it way too many times and have way too much fun. And like even right. the flaws, I kind of just like, eh, it's fine. I'll get, ignore that part. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> I want to try to save the galaxy again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I just maybe I'm just too hard on this game. I don't know. Maybe we should be harder. <laughs> I think I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. I think we, we we've talked about the first one. We're we're ready to jump into Mass Effect Two now. Yes, please. All right, set All right. Normandy to self destruct. What? Don't what? worry about it. No, it'll be <laughs> fine. But I like the Normandy, and I want the original Normandy to be around for my Mass Effect 2 playthrough. Yeah, I'm sure that will happen. Be, I am yeah, not it's, a, it's a sequel, so we're going to get more Sh- more Shepard, more Normandy, more, more, of, more of all the crew. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, uh, you know, yeah, next time we'll pick up with uh, our initial reactions to Mass Effect 2. Need more. But with, with that said, thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also YouTube at YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. 
Kurabara, where can people find you? They could follow me on Twitter at Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara, where I'm not swamped with work, I'll be playing video games. And then you can find me on the MASH Network, talking every week about Apex Legends on our Apex podcast, Dropping Spicy. And uh, what about you, Nick? You mean Chip? Nick Chip. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at WD. That's where double Y-E-W-D-E-E. Uh, and you can find me here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales talking about Final Fantasy fourteen every two weeks. It's our third anniversary episode. Uh, probably just came out as this is releasing. So give us a listen. Uh, Nick, how about you? Congratulations. Thank Happy you. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. And I am at. WikiBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at discord.me slash buttons and email us at squadgoals at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can, and visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content, as well as the Patreon-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. Stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Match Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kara, I'm Nick. I should go. Suck it, Udina. <laughs> See ya, Udina. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 